Oh, well, it has been uh, an amazing weekend and uh, so cool. A couple of the testimonies uh, that's been happening uh, over the weekend and uh, it's been such a joy and honor uh, to be with your youth this weekend. And uh, yes, they did all make it back alive, which is a win. And yes, the food was actually good. Like I was, I was like, I was nervous about camp food. I've had some bad camp foods, but the camp food was actually good. Uh, so that's, you can write that down. Um, but tonight... Tonight I want to share a message with you that I, I really believe, uh, and I know preachers say this all the time, and it's probably a good thing that preachers do, you know, I really believe it's good, you know, because if I didn't say it was good, you'd be like, why are you here? You know what I mean? It's like, but, but I do actually think this is going to be quite good, and not because of what I'm going to say, but because of what I think God's going to do in us tonight. I'm really carrying faith that for us, you, you've chosen to be here tonight, and I think it's for more than just because you had nothing better to do tonight. I think God is going to awaken something in us as the church And as we leave this place, something's going to be different. And so I want to talk to us tonight about cancelling convenience. I want to talk to us about cancelling convenience. We live in a world that hungers for convenience, but I'm not quite convinced that's what we're supposed to hunger for as Christians. So I want to talk to us about that tonight. And at the end of the night, we're going to open up the altar and I want to lay hands on as many people as who want to receive it. And I'm going to believe tonight that God's going to hit you with fire, the fire of God, so that you can leave this room standing firm on your convictions. But I'm excited for what God is going to do. Um, let's, oh, we've, we already prayed, but one more time. Jesus, help me, help us. We love you. Everybody said, amen, amen. Good just to triple dunk the prayers. Uh, last year, Annalise and I, we went to New York for a holiday. We've got some friends that live there. He's a top engineer for Instagram. And so he has this like, mul- like multiple room apartment in a high- it must be nice. Um, but we went for holiday. And when we were there, we were, we-, we were walking around and we'd saved up, you know, saved up some pocket money for things that we wanted to buy, you know, like different souvenirs and different stuff. And I- I'm, I'm, I still have the maturity age sometimes of like a 13 year old you know so when I see shiny lights I get quite distracted quite easily I don't know if you like that but I was walking down the street and on the corner I saw this glowing neon light it had on it 7-eleven and I, I was intrigued by not only the light but the smells that were wafting from within I, I was drawn into the 7-eleven and I was like New Zealand dairies could learn something here people this is this is a happy place. There's like stacks and stacks of sugary drinks, lovely things. They've got like Oreos, mini Oreos, mega Oreos, deep fried Oreos, deep fried mega Oreos. I'm like, this is just the Oreos, people. This is unbelievable. Oh, I was loving it. I was looking at it. There's all this stuff that I really, really wanted. And Annalise said, well, you can have whatever you want. I was like, really? She's like, yes, but it comes out of your pocket money. Let's go. You know, so... so we left, and only a few steps later, I saw another 7-Eleven. So I went inside, you know. Same experience, Reese's Pieces. Everything's Reese's Pieces. Looking at all this yummy, yummy goodness. And Annalise said, well, you can have whatever you want. And I was like, yeah, but it comes out of my pocket money. I know, let's go. So we left again. And then a few steps later, there was like a McDonald's. And over the street, there was a Chick-fil-A. Now, if you've never had Chick-fil-A, we've got to sort it out and get it here in New Zealand. It is the Lord's like chicken. It's so much better than KFC. You, if you, you don't know, you're looking at me like, I don't, it, it's really good. Um, well, it's like Chick-fil-A, there's like Chick-fil-A, there was Wingstop, Taco Bell. This is all on one street just to get to the train station. It's just everywhere. It's like there's like convenience on every corner. Easy fast food, yummy treats, goodness wherever I looked. And it made me think about how in life, 
it's the same. The, the world that we live in offers us convenience on every corner. You lift up your eyes and you're like, oh yeah, that makes it easy. Oh, yep, that's really good. Oh, yep, that's awesome. And it sounds great. Convenience is one of those things that actually sounds quite good. Like, who doesn't want an easier life? Do you know what I mean? Who, who doesn't want to just sit on a couch and click a thing and have burgers dropped off to your house? That sounds brilliant. Every day, three times a day, please. Um, but the thing is, is about convenience is that I actually don't think that that's what Christians are supposed to live by. I'm not convinced that convenience is what is supposed to be the hallmark for Christianity. I think that as Christians, we need to cancel convenience and cling to our convictions. The Bible says this in Matthew 7, verse 13 to 14. It says this, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult. Watch this, only a few ever find it. Just one more time, let's read, it. let's read it again. You can enter God's kingdom only, only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell though is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult. Only a few ever find it. Canceling convenience. Canceling convenience. The, the Bible here is, the Bible's showing us two different roads that we can walk on. It's presenting us with an option for us as Christians, but also for all of humanity. The, the Bible's telling us that there's two roads. One road is the wide road. The Bible calls it actually the highway to hell. And, and it's broad, it's wide, it's, it's easy. It's, it's easy and convenient for us to live on. And so many people choose to live that way. But then the Bible says there's a different road, another road, the narrow road. And this narrow road, it's narrow, it's difficult, not just to find, but also to walk on. This is the road of conviction. And, and the interesting thing is to me is that here we have in the Bible, a juxtaposition between what we're gonna do. Are we gonna choose the road of convenience or are we gonna cho choose the road of conviction? The problem is one leads to hell and one leads to life. And we don't talk about that because it's a little bit heavy, but I think we should talk about that tonight because I think it's a very real present reality that we have to choose. But before we, before we write off convenience, we should probably define what it is. Convenience is defined as fitting in well with a person's needs, activities, and plans. Fitting in well with a person's needs, activities, and, and plans. In other words, convenience is about doing what's best and easy for me above all else. I'll say it again. Convenience is about what's doing best and easy for me above all all else. So here's the challenging thing. Here's the challenging thing. As Christians, this isn't how our life is supposed to be. When we follow Jesus and we give Him our life, it's not about what's easy and convenient for me. See, the way that God works is that He doesn't bend His knee to us. We bend our knee to Him. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning, the middle, and the end. He is greater than all of the stars in the universe. Our God doesn't bend His knee to us and our will and our wants. We bend our knee to His. That's why convenience never works for Christianity. It's one thing to come to church and say, I've got a conviction. It's another thing to walk out of here and hold on to that conviction. It's easy when we're here, but the challenging thing is for us is the culture we live in 
is not a culture that promotes Christian conviction. Oh, you can have a conviction on anything you want as long as it's not about Jesus, please. That's actually convenience. And the world that we live in promotes convenience everywhere we turn. The world offers you convenience on every corner. The world's just saying to you, guys, you can do what's best for you. You can say what you want. You can do what you want. You can be who you want. You can live free sexually, morally. You can worship who you want, but we prefer if it's not Jesus. You do whatever you want. Even if God says it's wrong, even if the Bible just disagrees, do what you want. And you and I have to choose. We have to choose. We have to choose. Which road are we gonna walk on? Are we gonna walk on the narrow road or are we gonna walk on the wide road? And this isn't a decision that we make one time and go, I'm good, I'm on the narrow road. You know, like, but it's a daily, sometimes hourly decision to say no to this wide road. I'm sticking on this road. See, convenience, convenience operates like this. I, I, I don't know about you, but I love fast food. I particularly love French fries. <laughs> you know, like, how good are French fries, you know? Like, there's just something about a potato when it's been cut up, deep fried, and salted many, many times. It just, it just changes everything about the way I live my life. I'm a lot slower and rounder. Uh, but the thing is about convenience is tonight, you can imagine these chips represent convenient, like convenient chips. Convenience, conven- yeah, I should take that out of the notes. That never works. Um, but the thing about, The thing about French fries is both in reality and in my illustration, they represent something convenient. I don't even have to leave my car or my home now to get French fries in my house. Oh, and they smell, smell, even though these are cold now, they still smell quite good. Like, but this is how convenience works. Okay, I want to use this. It's a bit of a silly illustration, but it's, yeah, it's good. Yeah, convenience. This is the wide road. Okay, this is like what we do. We go like this. We're like, oh. I can't be bothered going to small groups this week because it's been a hard day at work. And we just shove some of the chips in there, you know? Oh, I don't want to go to church on Sunday because the preacher, he's a bit boring. He's hairy. He's boring. I'm not going to go. Obviously, you didn't say that. Thank you for supporting. oh, I'm going to sleep around with whoever I want. Two reasons, because no one else will know. And also, it feels real good. So I'm just going to have convenience. Oh, I can't be... I can't be bothered reading the Bible. There's no pictures in there. I don't feel like praying. Eating is a lot better. So is sleeping. I'm not getting up at 6.45 for a prayer meeting. What are you talking about? I'll see you there, Pastor. No, you won't. Be at the prayer meeting, man. Oh, oh, I don't lift my hands in worship because that's just so sore. I just like to just sit there, you know? It's too sore. I'm going to gossip about everybody because... Did you hear about Delilah? I'm going to swear and join in with the jokes at work because whatever. I'm going to do what I want, when I want, be who I want. It's my life, man. Yeah. Woo. Woo. Yeah. Oh, sorry. 
Sorry about that. Well, sorry. That one switch. <laughs> so, this is the thing. When we're inconvenient, we just end up making a mess. This is not, I left the bag down there. One, one second, sorry. What? <laughs> sorry. Oh, that's so dry. <coughs> Just turn to your neighbour and say something nice about them for a second. <coughs> thank you, sir. I'll take that one too, though. I'll take as much water as I can get. Yeah, thank you. I have that one. Thank you, sir. Nervous about the subs. Ooh, praise God. <coughs> okay. So when you live a life of convenience... Yeah, it tastes good. Yeah, it feels good. But it always ends up in destruction. Like this illustration. Oh, oh man. This, I'm sorry. I'll, I, I'll clean it up at the end. Um, this illustration, it, it works because what we see is that as we load ourselves with what's, what we want, what we feel like doing, how we want to be, then we, we see that it ends up in long-term destruction. Here's what I need you to understand. Not everything that feels good for us is God for us. Not everything that looks good for you is God for you. And that's, that's the challenge that we have to understand is that in life, just because the world says that this is the good option doesn't mean that it is actually the God option for you. And we've got a generation right now that's wanting to live on both sides of the fence. Well, lucky I've got good... I'm big legs, so I can do both roads, you know? But this doesn't work. First of all, you're not a gymnast, okay? You're going to pull a hamstring at some point. But second of all, you, you, you cannot live on both roads. That's what God says is lukewarm. And if you're lukewarm, He spits you out of His mouth. You're either with God or you're not with God. You're either on the wide road or the narrow road. You cannot live on both ways. And can I tell you, friend, if you come here and you say you're on the narrow road, but you go back out and live with convenience, you're not on the narrow road. You're on this road looking over there being like, I kind of am. No, you're not. You cannot be on both roads. And here's why. James 4.4, one of the more encouraging verses in the Bible. You adulterers. (laughs) I'm so encouraged. (laughs) Don't you realize that your friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I'll say it again. Thank you, James. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. You have to make a decision, guys. We all all have to make a decision. We, We all have to make the decision. Am I going to live a life of convenience and be a friend of the world and end up as an enemy to God? Or am I going to live on the narrow road And maybe at times being an enemy to the world, but ultimately being a friend of God. I know who I'd rather have an enemy with. You know, like this, I'd rather be enemies with the world. That's that's a scary reality, realizing that I'm an enemy to God. That's not that's not be there. When when Christians try and live a life of convenience or friendship with the world, we always end up as enemies to God. And that's why, as Christians, we need to cancel convenience and cling to conviction. So, okay, we've defined convenience and I've made this really clear. But what's conviction? Let's define it. Conviction is a firmly held belief or opinion. 
A conviction is a firmly held belief or opinion. So as Christians, our conviction comes from the Word of God and the Word that became flesh, Jesus Christ. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your Word, your Word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So you've got to understand that if you're going to live on the narrow road, you need to have a living relationship with the Word of God. The Word of God, like how does it work? Because this doesn't, there's no light in this. Like it doesn't, but the Bible says that it's a lamp. So how does it, it works like this. It doesn't bring illumination externally. It brings illumination internally. As you read the Word of God, things come alive in you. You start to see yourself in the reflection of Jesus or you see yourself not as the reflection of Jesus and that's the thing that you need to work on. As you read the Jesus bits that are in red, you start to see that, oh, oh, Jesus stands for this. Oh, like following Him comes at a cost. Oh, I've got to work on this. And and as we begin to learn about God, as we begin to go deeper into the Word, we start to understand who we're supposed to be in Him. Conviction. So when I've got a question... I go to the Word. When I've got a question, I can, I can form a conviction through the Word of God. Like this, I'm gonna go to life group because I believe God will meet me and I, and I know the power of community. I have a conviction. I'm gonna read God's Word every day because I know it's good for me. It's the foundation of wisdom and I know it will bring me life. I have a conviction. I'm gonna pray even when I don't feel like it because the Bible says to pray without ceasing. I know God cares and wants to know me personally. I have a conviction. I'm not going to stop tithing. In fact, I'm going to keep giving to God because the Bible is clear about it, despite what the world says, especially when the bank asks, do I have to when I'm trying to buy a house? I have a conviction. I'm not going to look at pornography and sleep with whoever I want before marriage. I'm going to stay pure and pursue pursue God because the Bible says to flee sexual immorality. I have a conviction. I believe God is the author of marriage and it's holy, divine, and the Bible sets clear standards for it. I have a conviction. I believe in not abusing alcohol because the Bible says not to be drunk with wine, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I have a conviction. I believe in the power of mercy, love, and forgiveness because the Bible is clear and God Himself is love. I have a conviction. That's just a few short ones that I wrote out before tonight. Convictions. Where we've gone wrong as Christians is we take these convictions and we start smashing people with them. That's foolishness. Your conviction needs to be your conviction. And we need to help others find the same conviction. And we don't do that by beating each other up. We have to help lead people towards Jesus. Imitate me, Paul says, as I imitate Christ. He doesn't say, come here so I can give you a hiding as I receive the love and grace of Jesus Christ. He doesn't say that. (laughs) No, but he says, listen, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Look, I've got a conviction. I'm living my life this way. You should too. Come with me on the journey. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. Come on, C3. Come on, church. It's time to get some convictions back. It's time to stop living wishy-washy, blown around by every false teaching, but to stand firm on the rock On the rock, the eternal rock, the God of all gods, the Lord of all lords. You can list every preacher's cliche you want, but the truth is this. You need a conviction. Because if you're gonna stand, you need to know what you're standing for. In fact, if you don't stand for Jesus, you'll fall for everything. 
And that's part of our problem is that we say we're following him, but we're not. We're still on the wide road. We're falling for everything, getting beaten up by the world and then going, well, God let me down. God disappointed me. Finances are hard right now. Yeah, but you stopped giving. Yeah, but you withhold, you withheld your generosity. Yeah, like I've got a conviction that even though I'm struggling financially and things are tight right now, I'm not gonna stop giving because I know what God expects. I'm not gonna stop being generous to other people, even if I can only afford one coffee a week for someone else, which feels like a down payment on a house right now. I'm gonna be generous. Sorry. Oh yeah, you get the point. Do you ever realize that when you eat McDonald's, you can eat and eat and eat and eat and 20 minutes later, you'll still be hungry and you will have lost all of your money. It's because convenience never fills us up. It robs us of true satisfaction. Conviction will always, while not fun at first, will always leave you full of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Every time. Nobody likes fruits and vegetables, not really. And if you do, let's chat after the service and I'll talk about how you got there because I still am not there. I turned 30 on Friday and I'm not there yet. I need to graduate, help me. But man, when you live on this stuff and you find this, life in all its fullness, everything's better. It's so much better. But we need to cling to our conviction and we need to cancel convenience. Maybe the band could come and join me. Ephesians chapter four, verse 17 says this. Now it's a big passage of scripture, so follow along as the band come. With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But this isn't what you learnt about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learnt the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Verse 23 says, Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. What a passage of Scripture. Does it sound like the world we're living in right now? Yeah, it does. The, the Gentiles in our, in our passage here represent nations or people who are not Jewish, as in people who are not God's people. Now that we're under Christ, we too are God's people. So this now speaks of the people who are in the world but are not of God. And Gentiles, the Bible says here that they wander far from God. They're on the wide road. Let me just summarize that list. They've got dark minds, hard hearts, no sense of shame, living for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. That's the world we live in right now. That's where we are. And the truth is, is that this convenience always leads to confusion. The Bible says that these types of people, they are hopelessly confused. And the truth is, guys, when I find an abundance of confusion, it's often because of an absence of conviction. In my life, I'm not even talking about anybody else now, I'm talking about me. In my life where I've had confusion abounding, it's because I've got an absence of conviction in my life. I'm being tossed about. So, oh my gosh, this opinion, this opinion, this thought, this thing. But as Christians, we're not Gentiles. And what should set Christians apart from the world 
should be the strength of their convictions. I said it before, but let me say it again. If you're not going to stand for Jesus, you'll fall for everything. You'll be thrown around, tossed around by this new fad, this new trend, this new religious ideology, this new challenge of the Bible, which isn't new. It happened 100 years ago and we proved it wrong back then. And it's, you know, but it's your choice. It's your choice. The end part of that scripture that we just read in Ephesians, it says, let the Holy Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. We have to cancel convenience and cling to conviction. I was thinking about why, like even though we know this, like this isn't like a new, this thought is not like a new thought. This is not actually like revolutionary in terms of this is a this is Bible, like it's there. So why is it that as Christians, we struggle so hard to stay in conviction? I think it's because we've got the wrong uh, theology around pain. I think when things are hard, we think that, oh, well, if it's painful, God's not in it. So oh, that, that can't be God. When pain presents itself, we look for comfort of convenience. But the Bible, it, it, that's not the, the, the theology that the Bible gives us. Could I just show you a couple of examples? Let's talk about Moses for a second. Moses, he stood before Pharaoh and demanded God's people to be set free. Moses had some pain. If you had increased last year, I talked about it. His pain was the past trauma of returning to Egypt. He had to stand in front of the people that he once called family. But he had a conviction. Now God's asked me to be there. He was to serve the Lord and see God's people set free. He held on to his conviction. David, what about David? He stood before Goliath in front of a scared army. He's a young boy and there's a whole army here who's supposed to be taking down the giant. They're scared, they're inconvenienced. But David rolls up. Here's the thing though, he's got some pain. He's got some pain. He faced rejection from his brothers and mocking. The king tried to put his own armor on him because he didn't think David was good enough. But David had a conviction. Whoever stands against the Lord will fail. God can use me to see a victory here. And he clung to his conviction. Esther, what about Esther? Esther risked her life to save God's people from a racial genocide, people. It's full on. She had to stand in front of the king. Her pain was the fear of losing her own life to do it. But she had a conviction. I'm here for such a time as this and I can save my people. What about Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane? God, if there's another way to do this thing, man, Let's do that. Why would, why would Jesus, whose purpose it is to go to the cross, ask to do something different? It's not because he didn't want to die for you. It's because Jesus's pain was this, knowing that for the first time in all of eternity, because he would take on the sin of all of the world, he would be separated from the Father for the first time. That's his pain. To be fully God, but in that moment, just be fully man. Take on all of the sin of the world. That's his pain but he has a conviction for the joy set before him. He endured the cross. You are his joy. You were his conviction. I am his conviction. And he clung to his conviction and he endured the cross. And all of these examples and so many others in the Bible, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, Daniel, there's just so, you could list off so many and all of them, they clung, to their convic- they, they clung to their conviction. They canceled convenience. And because they did, they saw miracles that nobody else has seen, not just for them, but notice it was always for other people too. Can I tell you, friend, 
You have no idea. You have no idea what God is going to do if you just cling on to your conviction. You've got no idea who's going to get touched by God because you leave this building tonight saying, I'm not going back to the way I used to live before. I'm cancelling this easy way. I'm holding on. Listen, everybody who went to camp, you've had two and a half days in God's presence. Do not go back to this road. Do not go back to school tomorrow and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to go back to the same friends. I'm going to go back to the same habits. No, I'm cancelling convenience. I'm clean to my conviction. When you go to work tomorrow, are you going to join in the gossip? Are you going to join in the slander? Are you going to join in the mocking? Or are you going to cancel your convenience and cling to your conviction? Canceling convenience. We are not of those who walk the wide road, but we are those who cling to Jesus, His Word, and His Spirit. I know I've been shouting and and I'm kind of like 12% sorry about it. I'm just really, I really believe this because this has been my life. The last 11 years have not been easy. Last year, I was on staff at Arise. It was not easy. And through it all, the highs and the lows, the death threats on social media that I received, in those moments, you kind of go, well, maybe I should just go be an IT support guy. You know, like maybe I should just leave this whole thing behind because this would be, no one's out here persecuting IT support. Apart from you and your own business. (laughs) Yeah because I did it too. <laughs> and listen, I had to make a decision. Are we, are we serious about this thing? Did I say, God, you can have my life and I do anything for you? Yes, I did. Did you call me? Yes, you did. Have you been faithful? Yes, you have. Though the lies and slander has come, though the death threats have come, I'm still breathing. I'm still alive because God is for me and greater is He who is in me than he who is in the world. And I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil because the closer an object is to the light, the smaller I realize how much that thing, the the more I realize how much that thing is a small issue. I'm walking through the valley, but I'm clinging on to my conviction. And tonight the question is this, are we gonna be people who cling to our conviction? Are we gonna be people who cling to our conviction? You can't do it alone. There are two steps. The first step is to say yes to Jesus and start a relationship with Him. Because you can't allow the Holy Spirit to renew you until you've received Jesus. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to open up the altar and I'd love to lay hands and pray for anybody. I'm I'm fired up. It's like 2% Red Bull and the rest of it's the Holy Spirit, okay? But I, I feel like I'm a dangerous man tonight. I feel like anything could happen. I feel like what's on me can get on you. The Bible says that Paul, he put a bit of the anointing on a handkerchief and just swung that bad boy around. People getting slapped with the Holy Spirit. I got no handkerchiefs, but I got a hand. I won't slap you, I'll touch you. But I'm believing that God's gonna fill you with power. But before we, I'm fired up. Before we do that, before we do that, with every head bowed and every eye closed to make this a private moment between you and God. Between you and God tonight. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I'd love to pray a prayer helping you to start one tonight. The Bible says this in John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief has come to steal, kill and destroy. That's the devil. That's where the wide road leads to your life being stolen, your purpose being destroyed. But Jesus says, I have come to give you life and life in all its fullness. If you're here tonight and your life is not full, could I propose to you it's not because of a need of more stuff but it's because of a need of substance. 
And that substance, He has a name. His name is Jesus. And tonight, if you're here and you're like, man, my life is empty. I've run out of options. Or maybe you're here and you're like, man, to be honest, life's going good, but there's still something nagging on the inside of me. I need Jesus. Then what I wanna do is in a moment, I want you to lift your hand. Not yet, but in a moment. I'm gonna count to three. And when I get to three, I want you to lift your hand. I I want you to lift your hand because it has to be your decision. I can't make this decision for you. It'd be easier if I could, but I can't. It's gotta be your decision. Your decision is to say yes to Jesus tonight, to accept and start a relationship with Him. And I wanna lead you in a prayer. If you don't have a relationship with Him, but you want one tonight, when I get to three, lift up your hand and we'll pray a prayer together. One, you've never prayed a prayer before asking Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Two, maybe you have before, but you know you're not in relationship with Him. Listen, the word is relationship. The word is relationship. I'm not asking, have you prayed a prayer before? If I was, your answer would be yes, because I prayed with you. I'm not asking, have you been to a church service? Because the answer would be yes, you're in one right now. If you weren't aware, that's where you are. (laughs) I'm asking, do you have a living, sacrificial relationship with Jesus? Is He your Lord? Is He your Savior? If your answer is no, but you want to make that a yes tonight, then three, right now, lift up your hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you at the back. I see your hand. There's like five people that have lifted their hands. Another hand. Another hand. Awesome. Thank you. I see your hands. It's awesome. If you need Jesus tonight, make that decision and say yes to Him. Say yes to Him tonight. I'm looking across the room one more time. If you need Jesus, just quickly chuck up your hand so I can see it. Thank you. I see your hand. A new hand. It's awesome. There's like nine people that have said yes to Jesus tonight. We're getting right before the Lord. We're letting go of our convenience. Thank you. A new hand. And we're saying yes to Jesus. If you need Him one more time from my left to my right. Thank you. I see your hand. Lift up your hand. Thank you in the middle. Thank you in the middle. It's awesome. 12 amazing people saying yes to Jesus tonight. This is awesome. We're going to go crazy for you in a moment. But if you're here, thank you. New hand. You were worth waiting for. It's 13. Hey, if you're here tonight and you lifted your hand and you said yes to Jesus, what we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer together. I'm going to say a line and everybody in the room is going to repeat that line after me. But if you lifted your hand and you said yes to Jesus, what I need you to do is I need you to pray this prayer like you're talking to Him because He's in the room. He's here. God is real. He loves you. He sent His Son to die on the cross for your sins so that you could walk in the fullness of life. So we're going to pray this prayer together. Everybody in the room, repeat it after me. Dear Lord Jesus. But everybody has to do it. So dear Lord Jesus, I come to you. I need you in my life. Please forgive me for everything I've done wrong. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Today, because of you, Jesus, I am a Christian. I choose to let go of my convenience and cling to the conviction of Jesus Christ. In your name I pray, amen. Church, you better lose your mind for the 13 people that just said yes to Jesus. We're not here playing golf, people. Lift up a shout of praise. Come on, somebody. I'm spitting chips up here. Let's go. Listen. If you said yes to Jesus, that's the first step on the narrow road. There's going to be somebody that's going to tell you what to do. And I encourage you to do those things because every day it's a daily decision to keep stepping. But if you're here tonight, if you're here tonight and you're like, you know what, Harry? You know what, Harry? I'm struggling on this narrow road thing. Struggling on this narrow road thing. Ephesians gives us our answer, guys. Ephesians gives us our answer. 
Instead, let the Holy Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. You need the Holy Spirit. That's why God gave it to us. He released the Holy Spirit. When Jesus died, you know this, but I wonder if you know this. Because when the Holy Spirit was released, the temple curtain was torn in two. The temple curtain that separated us from God was torn in two and that power was released on the earth. My favorite song right now is, is What a Beautiful Name. I love the bridge because the, the, the Bible tells us the story and the song summarizes it beautifully. Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grave. Listen, if you're here tonight, and you've been struggling, you're feeling heavy, you're feeling dry, you're feeling, feeling weary. I want you to step out of your seat tonight and come down the front. I wanna pray with you because I believe in a God who is alive. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We've seen seven healings at camp. We've seen people literally backs healed, migraines gone. We, I've, seen, I've seen so many amazing miracles. I don't have the time to tell you, so I need you to trust me and believe that the God who rose from the dead is here to meet with you tonight. So I want you to stand to your feet. Can we sing that bridge? I don't know if that's the plan, but we're gonna, we're gonna do it anyway. We're gonna stand to your feet. We're gonna sing this bridge a couple of times. And I've got some prophetic words that I feel for some people. But I want you, if you're saying, you know what, as we sing this bridge, I, I need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. I need to be hit with that power. I want you to step out of your seat and come down the front. Even if you received at camp, come get a double portion. Jesus, lift up your hands all across the room. Jesus, tonight we come to You. We thank You that You are good, that You are real, that You love us, that You are for us. Lord, tonight we take a step of faith. Lord, we take a step of faith, another step on the narrow road. We declare in Your name, Jesus, there is power, there is hope, there is life. And so tonight, Lord, I declare a releasing of Your power, a releasing of Your Spirit from the front to the back. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, as we sing together.